Well, so glad to be with you, Grace Life. We're so glad to be able to bring you God's Word online, whether you're unable to make it to church this Sunday or you're traveling, wherever you're at, we hope that this message blesses you. If you're a guest, I want to welcome you to this online worship experience. My name is Mike. I'm one of the pastors uh, here at our Grace Life community here in Northridge. And uh, this morning, or whenever you're listening to this message, I want to bring to you uh, the new installment in our series, Why? Uh, We've been looking at this question of why throughout the last several weeks, uh, re-examining, re-evaluating the key values and building blocks of our congregation together here at Grace Life, and re-evaluating the why question of why we are pursuing these important values here in our ministry. Now, no series on the core values of our community would be complete without spending some time discussing the importance of the Word of God in our lives, both individually and together as a people. So this morning, I want to look at the the question, why the Word? I became a follower of Jesus at the age of 20 as a college student, and I remember how important it was when I turned 41 a couple of years ago. Uh, That was a turning point in my life where I had finally been living as a Christian longer than I had been living not as a follower of Jesus. Up until that point, I had always had more years on earth as an unbeliever than as an apprentice or follower of Jesus. And I grew up not ever being exposed to the Bible. We didn't have one in our home. I had never owned a Bible until my sophomore year of college. I actually remember being handed my first Bible. It was a uh, small uh, Bible just like this, a copy of the New Testament, except it was green. And it was given to me on campus by uh, a man from Gideon's International. And I just remember putting this small little Bible in my backpack. Uh, When I returned to my dorm room, I remember opening the Bible up randomly to Matthew chapter 6, verse 22, and reading that the eye is the lamp of the body, so if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? Now, I had no idea what that meant when I, I first opened up the Bible and read that. I just remember being intrigued by this idea of light and, and darkness. And I remember immediately just having a curiosity and realizing that what I held in my hands as I was reading was a book unlike any other book I had read before. There's something different about this book, yet I couldn't figure out what it was. And then I experienced firsthand what Jesus described in the parable of the sower, where he says, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. I literally didn't read the Bible at all for another two years. And I went and and lived my life as a college student uh, according to my own selfish desires. And I was in utter and complete darkness for the next two years until through the faithful prayers and and faithful sharing of a friend of mine that I I came uh, to faith uh, in Jesus my senior year of college at the age of 20. And so now for the last almost 23 years of my life, I can say that the Word of God, the Bible, has been the foundation and the center point of nearly all of my spiritual growth as a follower of Jesus. Now, 
I'm not saying, obviously, that things like prayer or being in community through the church, through serving and giving, and all these other aspects of the life of faith, that those haven't been important to me as well. However, all of it's been rooted and grounded in God's Word. That's why here at Grace Life, for us, for Pastor Gene and myself, the Word of God is always going to have a central prominence because it's the Word that points us to the person of Jesus. For us to be apprentices of Jesus, to be with Jesus, to become like Jesus, and to do do the things that Jesus did, we need to know and love and value and treasure spending time with Jesus in the scriptures. And so this morning I want to look at three aspects of why the Word of God is so central in our lives as followers and apprentices of Jesus. I want to look at how the Word leads to salvation. Secondly, how the Word leads to transformation. And then thirdly, how the Word equips us for every good work. And so today's passage is 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 4 to 17, because it speaks so concisely and powerfully about the nature and work of God's work in the life of a believer. I want you to turn there, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 to 17. And here Paul's writing to his young protege, Timothy, beginning in verse 14. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So I want to look at how the the word first leads to salvation. Here, uh, Paul, writing to Timothy, is telling him, look, continue in what you've learned. Continue in what you have firmly believed. He, He says, and he reminds Timothy, from childhood you've known the scriptures which have made you wise for salvation. Now, in order to understand this and and why Paul says this to Timothy, you need to know a little bit about Timothy's background. His father was a a Greek, not a believer, but his mother and and grandmother were Jewish believers who taught Timothy God's word in the Old Testament as he grew up. And so when the time came for um, them to hear about who Jesus was, Timothy's family connected the promises made in the Old Testament with the promises fulfilled by Jesus, and they got saved, and they became followers of Jesus. And so Paul's reminding Timothy of the importance of the scriptures because they pointed him to Jesus where he found salvation, and it's in the scriptures that that were, were directed to Jesus where there is salvation for our souls. And so I'm reminded of... Uh, uh, a pastor I once met in Sacramento, a guy named Ben, and uh, Ben was telling me his his conversion story, and he, uh, as a child, would go to Awana regularly um, because one of his aunts took him there, and um, Awana is a Bible program for kids during the week, and uh, he grew up memorizing uh, Bible verses, but he didn't become a believer until he was older, around high school, college age. And his experience was that one day God brought to mind one of the verses he remembered as a child. But this time, 
his understanding was opened up in, in such a way that he understood it and his eyes became open to who Jesus was and he became convicted of his own sin and his need for forgiveness and his, he put his faith in Christ. Now, this wasn't a dramatic conversion in the sense of when we think of dramatic conversion stories. But at the heart of Ben's conversion was the word of God pointing him to faith in Jesus. God used the the scriptures that, that he learned as a young child, brought him to memory, opened up his understanding, and brought him to faith in Jesus. Now, I'll tell you the story Uh, Because maybe some of you here are seeking to know more about Jesus today, but you haven't come to a a personal uh, place of faith or relationship with him. I want to encourage you to get in this book, get in the the scriptures where you're going to meet the person of Jesus. And I tell you Ben's story, uh, for some of us who are parents, uh, I want to encourage you to continue to expose your child to the word of God at home and at church You know, one of the reasons I really appreciate our children's ministry here at Church Every Day is that there's an emphasis on having the children read and know the Bible. Yes, we want to have fun with our kids at church. We want to make great memories with our kids at church. And um, we want them to enjoy themselves and have, have a ball, have a blast. But it's the exposing them to God's word, being taught faithfully week after week, that will lead them to salvation, just like Timothy and just like my friend Ben. Also, here is a ministry at Grace Life. If we want others to encounter Christ and find salvation in Him, then we want to be a people that loves and treasures God's Word, where His Word has a center place in our teaching, in our worship, in our lives, in our fellowship, in our life pods. And once the Word has brought us salvation, this trust and relationship with Jesus, well, that's only the beginning. The Word continues to do its work in us and through us by transforming us to become more and more like Jesus through a lifetime. And so the Word not only leads us to salvation, but the Word then leads us to transformation to become more and more like Christ, or what the Bible calls sanctification, simply becoming more like Jesus. And so how does the Word do that in the life of a follower of Jesus? Well, In verse 16, Paul says, all scripture is breathed out by God. So firstly, as we approach scripture, we need to understand that it's breathed out by God, that this is a God-breathed book. This is not simply any other book of self-help or self-advice or good advice. This is the means that God's truth has flowed through the minds and souls and hearts and emotions of human instruments and given us uh, the 66 books of what we call the Bible. That God has breathed that into life, and he's given it to us for our transformation and for our good. You know, just to give you some perspective, um, I just saw the new Marvel movie, The Eternals, last weekend. It was nearly a three-hour movie. Uh, The critics panned it, but I thought it was pretty good. And maybe one of the reasons I thought that was I hadn't been in a movie theater for nearly two years. And... um, the reason the, the movie was so long is that it was setting the stage for a new chapter in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Now, if you're not a Marvel movie fan, then I'll try to make this illustration make as much sense to you as possible. 
Uh, if you are, then hopefully it will give you a new appreciation for the scriptures. You see, the previous Marvel movies, they were 21 movies that spanned the course of over 10 years. But they all connected, they all tied together in one big story that ultimately culminated in the movie The Endgame, which came out about two years ago. I remember watching that movie uh, in the theater and grown men were literally crying when Iron Man, the Robert Downey Jr. character, died at the end of the movie. And so sorry if I ruined it for you, uh, but it's been two years and uh, you probably would have seen it by now if you you really cared or were at all interested. Now, I tell you all this um, because it took amazing ingenuity, it took amazing skill for the writers of all these Marvel movies to take 21 movies over the course of 10 plus years, tie them all together in one overarching storyline that culminated in the movie The Endgame. Now, that wasn't by accident, right? It was thought out, it was planned out, and it was put together with brilliant creativity. Well, the Bible is even more amazing. It's 66 books written by 40 different people in three different continents over the course of 2,000 years, and it has one story, and it's all about Jesus. He's the point. He's the focus of all of Scripture. One way to think about the Bible is the Old Testament is promises made, and the New Testament is promises kept. And it all culminates in the person and the work of Jesus. And the only way this is possible is that God, in a supernatural way, oversaw the recording of his divine revelation of himself. 2 Peter 1 Verses 20 to 21 put it this way. Peter says, Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture, no writing of Scripture, came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. For prophecy never had its origin in the human will, but prophets through, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. And so what this means is that the Bible is not merely a collection of wisdom of men, but it's God's own words about himself, that he's revealed himself to humanity through the scriptures. You know, isn't it wonderful that God doesn't leave us in the dark, groping for the answers of life, but that he so lovingly and graciously gave us the set of writings to tell us about who he is and who we are and what he's like and what his character is like, and to give us answers to all the truly deep questions of life. If we want to know God better, if we want to know him more intimately, then we need to know his word. You know, Paul says to Timothy and to us that all scripture is breathed out by God, and and not just that, but that that it's profitable, Uh, it's beneficial, it's productive, it's comprehensive, it's sufficient. The word of God is profitable for us. You know, David understood this. He, He wrote in Psalm 19, verses 7 to 10, The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired than they are gold, even much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey 
and drippings of the honeycomb. So Paul here is teaching Timothy and us that God's word is profitable, that it's sufficient. Sufficient for what? Well, he says several things in this passage. He says for teaching, for reproof, for correction and training in righteousness. You see, you and I, we we need to be taught by God from the scriptures. Teaching here refers to his instruction given to believers through the word. What the Bible does is it informs us that there's truth that exists outside of us and that we need to submit ourselves to this truth that comes from God. You know, the reason the people throughout the ages have attacked the Bible and tried to discredit the Bible is because it reminds us of this reality. You know, instead, we want to believe that truth exists inside of us, that it's subjective. And so what is my truth is my truth, and what is your truth is your truth. We want to be able to decide for ourselves what is truth. And and if truth is somehow uh, subjective, and if it's a fluid situation, then we can shift truth however we decide it to be. And that's the history of humanity, that, that we don't want to accept the truth outside of ourselves that comes from God. We want to decide truth for ourselves. However, the Word tells us otherwise. The Word tells us that we need God's truth to direct us if we want to live lives of wisdom and understanding. We're told in Proverbs 3, verses 5 to 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In the book of Hosea, uh, God says, My people are destroyed for lack of understanding. And so we need God's truth taught to us through the scriptures. You know, just recently I got my son the book uh, by Kobe Bryant called Mamba Mentality that he wrote a few years back, you know, before his passing. And it's a book about Kobe's approach to the game of basketball and, and his approach to life in general and The reason I got it for my son is I thought he would learn some great lessons from it, such as, you know, Kobe's work ethic, how hard he worked to to get good at his craft, or um, how he worked with teammates and his desire to win, his competitiveness. I I wanted to sort of see, have my son see that and and learn those things. Uh, But as I was looking at the book, I was reminded of how tragic Kobe's death was. And we all remember, I think many of us remember, um, when we got the news that he had died in that hor- horrible helicopter crash, um, I think it was uh, on a Sunday, I remember people outside of church just saying, oh man, Kobe died and how tragic that was. Well, you know, what happened in, in Kobe's situation was that um, the, the pilot of the helicopter had gone into some bad weather, into some fog, and uh, crashed into a mountainside. Well, there's a name for when pilots in bad weather lose track of altitude or speed or what's up or what's down, and it's called spatial disorientation. In the cockpit of their aircraft, they may believe certain things about reality that are not true about themselves or their surroundings. They may believe that what's up is actually down, what's down is actually up, and the results can unfortunately be devastating. That's why when a, a plane takes off or a helicopter takes off, it needs a control tower. The control tower can see what the pilots can't. The pilots have a limited vantage point. They, they can't see underneath them or above them. The pilots, even with all their instruments, can't see all the weather conditions that will affect their flight plan. But the people in the control tower can provide the pilots information that they wouldn't have 
otherwise because of their limited vantage point. See, the Word of God is the control tower for us followers of Jesus, where we have only a limited vantage point of ourselves. God's Word can communicate to us what we can't see about God and and His nature and His character, about the people and the circumstances around us, so that we can safely navigate and move through life and accomplish the things that God wants us to accomplish in our lives. See, the word reproves us and and it corrects us and it trains us in righteousness, Paul says. That word reproof uh, is just this idea of conviction of our sin, of our wrong attitudes, our wrong behaviors, so that we can turn from them and turn to Jesus. And we all need reproving. We all need to be confronted with our own pride and our own lust and our own anger and our own sin and, and to be able to turn from, from that to Jesus. And so the word reproves us. When we open up the word and, and it's like a mirror to ourselves, it reproves us. But similarly, it, it corrects us and it trains us. And so where reproof is sort of a negative thing, where it convicts us of our sin, correction and training is actually the positive side of that, where it, it refers to something being restored to its proper condition. Or, or setting something upright after it's fallen down, or helping someone to his or her feet after they've stumbled. And, and, and so that's correction. And training is this idea of bringing up a child, instructing them, building them up. And isn't that the picture of what a, a good uh, parent uh, or teacher or coach is like? You know, one of the reasons I really appreciate um, the basketball coaches at Josiah's um camp and and you know team that he's part of is that they're really good not just about reproving and 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 telling the kids what they're doing wrong but right in the moment they'll they'll instruct them and they'll train them and they'll correct them in the the right way to to do things and so god is like that he's like a good father he's like a good coach he doesn't just convict us of the things we're doing wrong but he comes alongside us and he 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 gently corrects us and he trains us in the way of righteousness through his word. And then lastly, the the word of God equips us for every good work. Paul says that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And so what's the purpose of the scriptures that are breathed out by God? They're for our teaching, they're for our rebuking, our correcting our training in righteousness so that we would be equipped for every good work that God has for us. And so, you know, what does God have for you to do with your life, in your family, at your workplace, at church, out in culture? What what has God called you to be? What has God called you to do? And the beautiful thing about that is that each one of us has a different calling out in the world, in our families here in in the body of Christ. And it's part of the joy of being a follower and apprentice of Jesus to discover that. We're told in 2 Corinthians, I'm sorry, uh, Ephesians 2, rather, verse 10, that we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. See, God has, has made you his handiwork. He's created each one of us unique with our gifts and abilities and opportunities and passions and desires and resources. 
And each one of us is different, and he's created us in Christ to do good works, to show forth the goodness of God in the world, which he's prepared these things in advance for us to do. And and one of the reasons we want to be committed to his word is that it's through the word of God that we begin to discover and, and begin to become equipped to be the type of people that are an influence in our society for God's honor, for good, for the good of others. And so I want to encourage you, what has God prepared in advance for you to do? Well, that's something that you and the Lord are called to discover together in the scriptures, in prayer, in community, as you serve him. God will lead you to the things that he's called you in advance to do. He's going to equip you to do so. And so I want to just close with this encouragement. I want to give you some practical suggestions always, uh, just in terms of how to apply uh, this this sermon to your life. Uh, number one, just find a time. Try to find a time every single day to be in God's Word, to meditate on the Scriptures. Try to find a consistent time that works for you. Maybe it's a window of five, ten minutes uh, in the morning. Maybe it's uh, a window of opportunity in the evening where there's some quiet and, and you, get, you can just get before the Lord open up his word and just begin to read and meditate and ask God to speak to you. Um, Secondly, I want to encourage you to have some sort of plan for your reading. And it doesn't have to be, you know, a Bible reading plan. Some people thrive off of that. Some people, you know, that's not for them. But some sort of plan that maybe you're going to read through one of the Gospels. You're going to read through the letters of Paul. You're going to read through some of the books of the Old Testament. But not to jump around, not to um, be disjointed in how you read and meditate, but to to move through the scriptures with some sort of plan that you begin to see the overarching story of the Bible, that it all points to Jesus. It all points to relationship to him so that you can be with him, become like him, and do the things that he does. And then lastly, when you read, you know, don't just skim, don't just read for information, but, but really meditate upon the words and, and spend time slowly thinking through, pondering. And it's in that time that the Spirit of God begins to speak and He begins to, to train and correct and lead us in the ways of righteousness. So, Grace Life, um, you know, why the Word? It's central to our life as a believer, it's central to pointing us to Jesus as a community. I want to encourage you this week to set aside time to begin to develop that spiritual habit, spiritual discipline. And we're all going to fall short. Give yourself grace, but keep back at it. Keep pursuing God in the word. So let me pray for us. Father, thank you, Lord, for this reminder, for this word, that the word of God is central to our lives, that it, it points us to Christ. It informs us of who God is and who we are. And it it reminds us that truth is outside of ourselves, that it comes from you, and that we need truth, God. That without you, we're like an airplane without a control tower, that, that we are so prone to veer off course. But through the word, you bring us back to you. You bring us back on course for the plans and the good works that you have for us. And so my prayer is that our people would love the scriptures and love the God of the scriptures. 
and that we would become a people rooted in Jesus as we seek to follow him as his apprentices. So God bless you this week as you come before the Lord and open up his word and meet with him and and are led into transformation and, and as you are equipped for the good works that God has for you. God bless you guys this week.